Hello and welcome back to Totally Buggin'. That's my thing. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Totally Buggin', the podcast about all things creepy crawly. We are your host organisms, Cammie. And Faith. Faith, a few nights ago I had a dream that I married Robert Irwin. Do you know who that is? Um, that is Steve Irwin's son, correct? Yes, he is the 20-year-old son of Steve Irwin, a.k.a. the crocodile hunter. He's our age? Yeah, he is. Oh, he's so handsome. <laughs> he's I, so cute. I saw a TikTok of him the other day that was, um, I think at the Australian Zoo, they like renovated this turtle habitat to specifically care for the species of turtle that their dad discovered. Oh, the, the Irwini thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like so excited. And I saw that video too. He's so cute that is yes. that is a good celebrity crush crikey, i approve he's cute. crikey he's cute mm-hmm. yeah mate mm-hmm. his birthday was on december 1st so happy birthday to robert happy birthday when i was a kid i love love loved his sister bindi Irwin's show on discovery kids bindi the jungle girl did you ever watch that i've never watched this but it sounds like a good kid show. I loved it. And my favorite episode was one where they did like um, unusual like veterinary operations on exotic animals. And it was called Odd Ops. That was the name of the episode. <laughs> cool. And so I'd put it on because we had it on our, our DVR yeah. all the time. And my mom would come into the room and she'd be like, oh, Cameron, not Odd Ops again. <laughs> not this again. She's like, I hate this one. I don't like when they operate on the turtle eye. Or whatever. It it was some sort of eye. I can't remember what kind of animal. But she hated that one because she thought it was gross. But I thought it was so awesome. I feel like that's a good kid show. Like, you could definitely be watching worse kid shows. Like Cocomelon. Yeah, beats Cocomelon. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I definitely credit the Irwin family with sparking my interest in conservation and ecology, which I'm hoping to study in graduate school. I love how, like committed they are to their dad's mission and it and it seems it doesn't seem like they like it just because their dad liked it Mm -hmm. it like i think it's just like comes from a genuine love of like ecology and Uh conservationism and i just i really love all the videos that they make like i just i love them they're such a good family like i loved steve Irwin, obviously rest in peace Mm -hmm. and then like the fact that all his children are so committed to like keeping like his legacy alive Mm -hmm. and like restoring species and stuff like that it's just so cool yes I completely agree uh my parents actually like actively tried to keep me from finding out about Steve Irwin's (gasps) tragic passing for as long as possible like four years because I (gasps) loved watching like old crocodile hunter and uh Bindi the jungle girl and in in Bindi the jungle girl they never like talked about her father Passing. like yeah being dead because you know she was like a kid yeah um oh that's horrible yeah so i didn't know for a long time well and his his death was really it was sad. very sad wasn't he stung by a stingray yes on um, accident yes uh he accidentally startled a stingray and it um it got him in the heart yeah and he didn't he say like it's not its fault or something yeah like that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's, it's like, like He's like, oh, I scared the poor critter or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I literally, when I was researching this, I went down a whole, like, Steve Irwin rabbit hole, and I ended up crying because I saw a video of him talking, oh. like, when, when Robert was born, like, there was a video of him taking Bindi to the hospital oh my to meet God, the baby. No. 
And it was so sweet because you could tell he loves he loved being a dad. It was so sweet. It was really sad. Steve Irwin, I feel like, was just one of the purest, like, I know he's not of our generation, but, like, he was just, like, a pure soul. Like, um, Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Yeah, I, the the Irwins are, like, I can trace my interest in conservation ecology back to, to their shows. Um, I wish I had watched watched their shows as a kid. Well, mm-hmm. I guess I can watch it now. Like, yeah. Kids shows don't have to be just for kids, man. Mm-hmm. And they're very educational. Because of Bindi the Jungle Girl, yeah. I came up with this uh, imaginary profession that I wanted to have when I was a kid. What um, is this imaginary profession? I must so know. I would tell people that I wanted to be a flying animal dentist. Oh, that's so cute. And what do you think I meant by flying animal dentist? dentist maybe like bats no birds okay it's not the animals that are flying it's me oh you you're just a I dentist a- and you can fly <laughs> no i have a helicopter and i go into the jungle and i like clean the teeth of like a tiger or something and i get back <laughs> in my helicopter and i'd leave that's hysterical so I that's what that. i wanted to do when i was little I that or that. be an opera singer I did want to be a veterinarian for a while as a kid, but then I realized, like, um... I don't have the heart for that. You would have to, like... It wasn't even, like, euthanizing animals that Mm -hmm. I was upset about. I was like, oh, I'd have to give animals shots. That hurts them. I don't want to do that. Yeah. It takes a very special type of person to be able to be a veterinarian. For sure. They are and like... that type of person is not me. Not, <laughs> not me. I could not do it. I get sad when we have to, like, put bugs in the freezer at work. Exactly. Like, it makes me and very And that's, upset. like, the best way to go. No, it's for sure. It's completely painless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> Robert Irwin is currently very popular on TikTok and works at the Australia Zoo, and I find his videos very engaging and educational. As do I. I love his content. Mm-hmm. All of this made me think of the stereotype that Australian wildlife is exceptionally dangerous and scary. I'm gonna I'm gonna show Faith uh, a Tumblr post from like a while back, and and she's gonna read it to you guys. Tumblr, man, this is a this throwback. is taking me back. Yeah. Okay. So it is a tweet from Bindi Irwin saying, Some days you just need to cuddle a tarantula. Meet this sweetheart. Her name is Harriet. And she has a uh, tarantula like on her chest neck area. Mm-hmm. And someone responded saying, Listen, Bindi, not all of us can look into the multiple eyes of death and cuddle it, but you do you, honey. This actually reminds me of a funny conversation I had the other day with Um, One of the grad students at work who takes care of our critter zoo and all the tarantulas. Um, I've already told the I've told this story, the story of the beef I had with the one tarantula coconut. Um, Apparently, I have beef with like the sweetest spider that we have. Like, like if a cricket is being too active while they're feeding her, it like scares her and she like runs away from it. Like she's a very sweet, cuddly tarantula. And I have beef with the one nice tarantula. The grad student was like, I would understand if you had a problem with like Thaddeus or Arrakis because they're both kind of the planet Arrakis. Yeah, the planet Arrakis. But they, she was like, yeah, they're both kind of jerk faces. <laughs> but coconut is like the sweetest spider. 
how do you have a problem with her? And now I feel bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, Coconut. Mm -hmm. Back when we did our December Ween series, I asked some of my RA friends about their arthropod fears. Mm. And one of them, Kyle, said that he was afraid of spiders, the Australian ones, because there are some big beeps out there. I mean, it's true, but... They're just trying to live their lives. Mm-hmm. as And I feel like usually if you don't mess with them, they mm-hmm. won't mess with you. Yes. So I couldn't help but wonder if there was any truth to the idea that Australian wildlife is somehow more big, scary, and dangerous than wildlife everywhere else. And of course, Ooh. with this being an entomology podcast, we will be examining this idea with a tour through Australian arthropods. Ooh. All right. So, Faith. Yeah. Have you heard that stereotype that everything in Australia wants to kill you? Yes. I've heard this. I've related to this. And it honestly makes me afraid to go to Australia because of, like, the the bugs I'm less scared of now, but I'm not – I'm still not a big spider person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I do not do snakes. Like, no. But, yeah, I've definitely heard that like stereotype before okay i'd heard it too and i always kind of wondered why that was but i also sort of believed it yeah it just sounds true i think it's because like they have a big desert and compared to like we live we live in um pennsylvania the like deciduous forest Mm -hmm. part of the united states like it's really get up in there very much no it's a very different um like climate so we're just like not used to all the arthropods there. Mm -hmm. So according to an article in Britannica, Australia has 66 venomous species, which is less than Brazil and Mexico. So it is not the most dangerous from those numbers, but it Hmm. does have several of the world's most venomous animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in terms of numbers of venomous species, it is not the winner. Mm. You should be scared to go to Brazil. Just kidding. <laughs> well, they and <laughs> don't go to Brazil. Well, Brazil, that kind of makes sense because don't Brazil and maybe Mexico have um like the Amazon rainforest? Um my geography is not all there, hon. I'm just thinking like South America jungle. Perhaps. Okay. Don't yeah, don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm really bad at geography. Yeah. Um why do you think there are so many venomous species there? I'm going to give you, after you make a little guess, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain what the primary hypothesis is. I'm trying to think, like, why would it be ven- beneficial to, like, evolve? Oh, my God. Like to, Evolution's part of it. Well, like, to evolve to be venomous is, mm-hmm. like, the cl- is, like, the climate better like is it more beneficial i guess to be venomous in the australian wildlife than in the australian landscape than other places that's not a bad guess at all other than that i like genuinely have no idea so it does have to do with evolution it also has to do with continental drift are you familiar with that concept pangea okay yeah can i go on a tangent um, I, I will allow it. My, um, like, fifth grade science teacher claimed to discover Pangea <laughs> before everyone else. She was like, I would, like, when I was a little kid, I would sit and take a map and, like, cut it into pieces and then be like, 
the pieces all fit together into one big continent. And my mom yeah. was like, that's Genius. that's okay. Like that, oh, sure, sweetie, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like the theory of like Pangea became probably like published, more popularized. That's so funny. And she was like, I thought of it first. <laughs> and we're all like, okay, doctor, bleep. Okay. I just I just can't mention her name. That was me when I started watching True Blood, and I realized that the um I had like made I had made up like a vampire story that I wanted to like eventually write. Yeah, and I realized that like the way that the vampires worked in that show were like basically exactly the way that I had independently come up with it. I was like, they copied me. They copied me. No, I'll never write my vampire novel. Everybody <laughs> will say I was ripping off True Blood, but I wasn't. Oopsie. That's that's funny. But yeah, I do know about Pangea. It's the theory that um, the continents are all on tectonic plates and all the tectonic plates are constantly moving little bit by little bit because of the like magma flow under the Earth's surface. If I remember my Earth Sciences 101 correctly. And And basically all the continents at one point were all together in one big landmass, Pangea, and then... Slowly, over billions of years, they all split apart into the continents we know today, and eventually they will all go back together. Really? I didn't know that part of it. May, uh, don't quote me on that. I think at some point they'll, maybe not in the exact form of Pangea. Yeah, they're not going to make Pangea again. No, but I think eventually... And this is over the course of millions and millions of years. Millions and millions of years. Like, humans will probably be long gone by the time... Oh, the yeah. like, refuse the heat death of the universe, like, <laughs> yeah. of the sun might expand before the Pangea, like, not Pangea, but, like, yeah, some of the continents start smacking into each other again. Mm-hmm. So, continental drift may be part of the reason why so many venomous animals reside in Australia. Hmm. During the Paleozoic and Triassic eras over 200 million years ago, Earth was made up of a supercontinent called Pangea. So, you were correct there. Pangea. Mm-hmm. Pangea meaning all earth mm. mm-hmm. or all land. Anyway, <laughs> the continents as we now know them broke apart because of those tectonic plate movements that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's basically um, layers of of earth that are residing kind of like plates that move uh, across and over top of each other and interact. Mm-hmm. Um Some evolutionary biologists think that when the continents separated, Australia's snake population was entirely venomous. So by a coincidence of geography, those there were venomous ancestors of of modern snakes that were separated from other snakes and other creatures. But there were only venomous ancestors. Yes. And, like, non-venomous ones were didn't either, evolve. Were either very rare or um, or did not exist. That's pretty cool. That so, it's just, like, kind of a coinky-dink. Yeah, so it's believed that um, at that time, Australia's snake population was entirely venomous, and then after million, millions of years of evolution... All snakes in modern Australia share venomous ancestors. That's cool. Australia is also an isolated continent. It's completely surrounded by ocean, and the oceans are the really scary part, if you ask me. Oh, the ocean terrifies me. I feel like we've gotten into this, but, like, 
Um, have you been like you've been on TikTok and oh, the, the North Sea? Yeah, the North Sea. <laughs> okay, I'm not as scared of like waves and stuff, but like the depth of the ocean freaks me out, and like not knowing what's below me freaks me Blah. out. And like, I had a dream. I literally had a dream about a scary fish the other day. No. And Max made fun of me. He's like, he's like a scary fish. Oh no. I was like, Max, it was really big. No, and fish it had are, big lips. Fish are it had big lips. Fish are scary. Yeah. Like big ocean fish scare mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So that's how uh evolutionary biologists predominantly think that the population of venomous snakes became so high in Australia today. And it's uh, similar logic believed for um, venomous spiders as well. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like all the venomous spiders happen to be in the Australian part of Pangaea. Well, there's plenty of spiders in Australia that are not venomous. So it's not to the same extent. Or just like why there's more venomous. A venomous ancestor to modern spiders was likely also on that section of Pangaea when it broke apart. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what really contributes to the idea of how everything in Australia is so dangerous and venomous and poisonous and da-da-da-da. So actually, coming into contact with venomous animals is rare. Hmm. Over a 10-year period, only 64 people died from a venomous bite or sting in Australia. Really? Mm-hmm. That's because 95% of the landmass of Australia is uninhabited by humans due to the vast deserts, like you were mentioning earlier. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe that's also because, um, is there, like, a lot of education to, like, not mess with poisonous wildlife? Or, not poisonous, venomous wildlife? Like, is it, like, I feel like, okay, for us here, it's, like, wildfires. Like, as a kid, you're taught, like, don't set the forest on fire. Are they taught, like, don't mess with spiders, don't mess with snakes? And then, like, that's why, that could be part of the reason why there's, like, less encounters with them. Sure, that's part of it. But also, um, a lot of the, you know, more venomous creatures are desert dwelling. And oh, okay. there's not a lot of resources for a human to be able to settle and survive in the desert. Okay, so mm-hmm. there's just, like, they don't live in the same place. Humans and venomous stuff. And they don't cross paths a lot. Not often. Okay. Um, So most Australians, about 80%, live within 50 kilometers of the coast. So our perception of Australia as a deadly environment, I think, has more to do with the media that we consume about Australia. I agree. I feel like a lot of the, um, like, documentaries and stuff, unless maybe you're watching, like, a more specific one about, like, the history of Australia – Um, I feel like a lot of it focuses on, like, the wildlife of Australia and the dangerous wildlife. Sure. Like, oh, they, we go out to the desert and here's, crocky, here's this snake, here's this crocodile. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, but that's not in the middle of Sydney. Oh, she's a beauty. She's a beauty. So, Faith, what media have you seen that's, that has come out of Australia? Like, have you seen any Australian films or television shows or anything like that? Nobody better judge me on here. Bluey. Bluey. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good show. I don't care. It makes me feel better about my childhood. It's it's 
If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's just like good parenting and happy for, children. It's a show for four year olds that Faith yes, loves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say it's not for four year olds. It's That's also fine. it's also a very good kids show that adults can enjoy, sure. like Avatar. Avatar is meant for more older kids, but it's the same kind of concept that it's sure. a good show and adults can enjoy it. And I don't care what you think, okay, Cammy. I know. It's fine. That's that's what you've seen from Australia. Have you seen any? Can you think of anything else? I've seen H2O. Yeah. Like the mer- the mermaid. Clear the carcinogens. No, not the carcinogens. She says the condensation. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Okay. I'm pretty sure you told me that. Nor Ema. No, Ema. Um... Well, I've seen, like, some of the stuff Steve Irwin does uh-huh. and his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some of the stuff on Animal Planet was focused on, like, Australia or, like, the deadliest wildlife mm-hmm. stuff. A lot of it would be in Australia. Yeah. So, for me, what I can think of that I've seen that is, like, Australian, Australian. Would be yeah, some of that is not true Australian media. Right. Yeah, like like to the best of my knowledge, like made by Australians that okay. has like crossed over to the U.S. Yeah, would be H two O, The Mermaid Show, H two O, A Second Chance, which is like a a stupid gymnastics movie that was on Netflix that my sisters used to watch a lot. I've never heard of this. All right, yeah, um, The Wiggles. <gasps> the Wiggles are Australian. Are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. I love the I loved the Wiggles as a kid. I never noticed they were think Australian. Of, think about what the Wiggles sounded like. They had a song about a kookaburra. Oh my god, I feel like such a fake right now. Because <laughs> I okay, I swear. I saw them live in concert twice. Thank you very much. I loved the Wiggles. I had like their DVD and that like the fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Yeah, and I did not realize they, they were Australian. I had a DVD where they went to the Sydney Australia Zoo and did a crossover with the Irwins. I need to watch this. Yes. It would make my childhood. Okay, I was also in my defense, I was very little when I liked the Wiggles. Like I was 3, 4, 5 years old. Mm-hmm. So I just may not remember them being Australian and sounding funny. Yeah. Well, and then for like Gen Xers, mm-hmm. uh Crocodile Dundee might be the only other time they've seen something out of Australia crocodile dundee yeah i watched that one with my mom in like middle school what about and what it about? was not a fun time because she did not remember like the inappropriate bits oh no so it was really awkward and oh. quite misogynistic um Ooh, so when that's like th- when that kind of stuff is the main kind of exposure that americans have to australia they're gonna see australia as wild and dangerous yeah i feel like we get that uh i feel like we get a very like a very skewed idea of different of countries. Yeah. Australia. I would also say England. Like, depending on what media you watch. I feel like more more uh, British media, like, crossed over to the U.S., though. It does. I just, I just get the same, like, feeling. Or, like, the same kind. It's, like, the same kind of idea. You get, like, a stereotypical view of yeah. England because mm-hmm. of the media that comes over. Yeah. Um, Outback Steakhouse probably doesn't help either. Despite being delicious and having good lunch deals, the cocktails there are pretty deadly if my experience is worth anything. Is that when you, like, had one and went and threw up in the bathroom? I didn't throw up. Oh, that okay. I had to go to the bathroom and put my head between my knees because my head was spinning because I drank my uh, blueberry lavender spiked lemonade too quickly. What did they spike it with? 
We're both know, we're both twenty one now, so yeah. we're. I think your problem is like vodka. Maybe like you should stick to some fermented stuff first. Okay. Instead of going for the record, for when the she film. says when she says my problem, it's not a drinking problem. It's that I no, can't no, no. hold my liquor. No, so you, I don't drink much at all. No, you have one drink and then you get sick. Yeah. So you just don't drink a lot. Which I can have a Mike's Hard Lemonade. We found that out the other day, and I was fine. I feel like now that we know that, we can start easing you into like ciders because yes. it's like it's like funny apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's what it tastes like. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Anyway. That that cocktail went straight to my head. Oof. And I'm... I was so excited to try it too. Hmm. Anyway, my point is most Americans have never been to Australia, and so their only knowledge is. From movies, TV, and a delicious restaurant chain. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Now, here are the basics about a few of the most dangerous arthropods down under. Down under, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Can I help you? I wish you could, mate. What's that from? It's from Bluey. Oh, okay. Um, So most of the info that I'm going to be providing here comes from the Australian Museum's website. Oh, cool. I also asked Max if we could go on vacation to Australia someday and, like, go to the um, the Australia Zoo and the Australia <gasps> Museum. That would be so fun. He said, sure. <laughs> That's not the enthusiasm we're looking for here, yeah. Max. Funnel web spiders, especially Sydney funnel web and Australian funnel web spiders, mm-hmm. are the first ones that we're going to be talking about here in our little tour of the venomous arthropods down under. Mm-hmm. Um, I met an Australian uh, exchange student actually a couple weeks ago. Um, oh. He's one of the, one of the other RAs. He's uh, their resident, mm-hmm. and he told him, "Well, those." I'm, I'm not going to try and do it. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might be a bit mean. Yeah, I don't want to make fun of him. Yeah. He was very nice. Um, he was telling me like, "Oh yeah, they get in, they get in your shoes, and they um, they're really venomous and." Uh, Everything in Australia wants to kill you. He said it, too. And he's Australian. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, funnel web spiders are an aggressive, predatory species in the genus Atrax. Okay. They mostly eat millipedes and other small invertebrates. Like mice. Honey, is a mice an invertebrate? Oh, my God. Try again, dear. <laughs> Not mice. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Just ignore me. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> that was stupid. It's all right. Please cut that. No, it's off. okay. It's okay. All right. These spiders have shiny bodies that are dark in color. Mm-hmm. They are found in the suburbs and the Australian bush. <laughs> they are nocturnal and highly sensitive to sunlight and live in burrows under rocks and logs. Mm-hmm. However, they sometimes end up in houses to seek shelter, which mm-hmm. is where they tend to have interactions with humans that are less than pleasant. Yeah, sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Something hiding in your shoe. You put your shoe on. Youch. Yeah. According to Dr. Robert Raven, the curator of arachnids at the Queensland Museum, their bites contain atraxatoxin, which shortens the nerve synapses and makes them fire aggressively, leading to a rapid heart rate, difficulty breathing, and increased blood pressure. So a bite can cause death within 15 minutes if you're bitten in the correct place and without treatment. It's the correct place somewhere where you could easily be bitten. Like, where would they need to bite you? Like, close to your heart. Oh, okay. 
So um, not as likely. You're more likely to get bitten on the hand or, or, like or the, the foot. foot. Yeah. And okay. then you'd have time to get to the hospital. Okay. That's good. So non-primate vertebrates actually tend to survive funnel web spiders without much issue, including, you know, pets like mm-hmm. cats and dogs. However, there is there has not been a fatality from a Sydney funnel web spider since the creation of an antivenom in 1981. Nice. So if you get to the hospital quickly, you should be okay. Okay. That's yep. good. All right, next one, the redback spider. Now, this spider is closely related to a different spider that we have here in the U.S. that many of you may be aware of uh, for avoidance. What what kind of spider do you think that might be? Given the name, it's a redback spider. I'm going to say brown recluse spider? No. No? Good guess, though. Oh, um, wait, black widow, black widow. Yes. Yeah, yes. there we go. Okay. Uh-huh. So this is a shiny black spider with a long red stripe across the back of the abdomen. <laughs> so it is closely related to the black widow spider. Both are in the same genus, Latrodectus. They are drawn to man-made dwellings because they provide them with shelter to build their webs. They're predators and will eat pretty much any insect, but will also catch small lizards if they're unlucky enough to get caught in their web. And are also known to steal prey from other spiders. Oh, sneaky. Uh-huh. Now, they are quite venomous. Mm-hmm. However, they like to stay in their webs, so they'll only bite if disturbed. Okay. But this does happen somewhat frequently because of where they tend to spin their webs. Which is in man-made dwellings. Like oh, I was like, I was like, <laughs> huh. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Honey. It's Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy. Yeah, it's a day of rest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on my off day. That's no, Okay. okay. Redback spider venom also acts on the nervous system, causing depletion of neurotransmitters and is quite painful. Oof. Luckily, antivenom also exists for redback spider bites, and no deaths have been reported since the introduction of the antivenom. This is a, okay. Honestly, it sounds like if you get bit by, if you have the unfortunate luck of being bit by something you're not supposed to, just immediately go to the hospital and you will be okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And if you're not sure, Go to the hospital, to the anyway, hospital just anyway. in case. It's better to be safe than sorry. Insect insect bites is not something I mess Nor with. Or arachnid bites. Or arachnid bites. Yes. Like not mm-hmm. some just if you think you got bit by something and you're having a bad reaction, go to the hospital. <laughs> Actually, this reminds me of a story of when I was little. Uh-huh. I had like something on it like maybe looked like a bite or something on my arm. Mm-hmm. And like I didn't mess with it all day or or like I remember halfway through the day it like started getting itchy and it was bothering me and then it turned into like a bullseye kind of thing and my mom was like hmm I don't know what could be wrong with you let's just give you Benadryl I guess. Was it a tick bite? I have no idea. Oh. Nothing ever came of it so it must so it must have gone away. All right. But normally go to the hospital. Well, that's a perfect segue into the last Australian arthropod that I want to talk about that is a serious concern for humans. <gasps> is it a tick because of it a is bullseye? The, it is the Australian paralysis tick. Oh, fun. Paralysis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is a parasite from Eastern Australia, and you can see our, well, or listen to, I mean, our tick episode for more in- info about the general biology of ticks. Mm-hmm. According to the Australian Museum... Bites for the, from the paralysis tick initially cause itchiness, then pro- progress to flu-like symptoms in addition to rashes, weakness, and partial face 
paralysis, hence the name. Yikes. Allergic reactions to the bites are also very common, and these ticks do affect pets. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. So, in conclusion, Australia does have some pretty dangerous arthropods, but it's not the only place that has critters that can get you. I was going to say, we have critters that can get us we here. We certainly do. The brown recluse spider, the black yeah. widow spider. Um, we got some good snakes. Uh-huh. PA rattlesnakes. Yes, for sure. We got hecka ticks. Oh, yeah. We got those, too. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're a really big problem. Yes, they are. Um, so, what, what have we learned today, Faith? If you get bit by something in Australia, go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not sure, go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, support the Irwins. Yes. And there's no, there's no need to be terrified of going to Australia just because there are some venomous creatures there. Yeah. Because your risk of coming into contact with them is extremely is low. low. I feel like especially if you're traveling. Yeah. Like, I feel like you, if you, if you, if you, wanna, you lived there. If you want to visit Australia, go for it. Go if for you, it. If you can afford to go there and you want to visit, go for it. Go, go live your best life yes. that we can't afford. Yes. And just try not to get chlamydia from the koalas. All right. Thanks for listening. (laughs) It's like in their skin and like their. Yeah, I know. Icky. Yeah. And like all of them have it over there. Ew. Don't touch any koalas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.